Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of Persona Non Grata, a podcast about the game Persona 5. I'm Alan and I'm joined by my lovely co-host and confidant extraordinaire, Ryan. Hello, I am your confidant on this uh, podcast. What, what's our goal here? What are we doing here? Because Persona 5 is a video game, I think. Persona 5 is a video game and it is also a very long video game that we are both playing right now. And I figure we should, uh, well, okay. We had conversation, we had texting conversations about this game and uh, we realized that we were in the same spot in the game. So why not record a podcast that kind of like does a little check-in every now and then on sort of our thoughts and opinions on the game as we go along. Um, So yeah, that's how we have this show. It's sort of like Joker's Journal whenever you save the game. I'm going to just throw right. this chock full of dumb references to... Hey, you uh, know what also is a dumb reference? The song I picked for the intro is the is the save room music. So... Yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. Um, but yeah, it's... So I think part of the other reason that we're doing this is because uh like this like we said this is a very long game we're both very pretty busy people and it's not the type of game that i would normally finish if i were just left to my own devices like i you know you like play a couple dungeons of it while the zeitgeist is still hot and then you forget about it for six months and then you're like i should play persona 5 right and and so this podcast is an effort for us to both like push each other as friends and confidants to play more of it on in a timely fashion so it also it's also a very dense game and there's a lot going on and i don't i want to i want to play through it and i want to see what's there and have opinions on it there's so many systems and in some ways they do a smart job of as opposed to some of the other persona games and i definitely want to talk about our history with the series but like they introduce some mechanics really immediately and it's like oh man right. the prologue is amazing it's just like you're you're robbing a casino and you're jumping on the chandeliers mm-hmm. and you're fighting enemies with like super powerful power like persona powers no tutorial just go did you like the intro? I I stylist it felt like a music video to me where it was like stylist right. what's going on. I have no idea what's actually going on. Right. Um, well, it's like a music video is like a lot of this game. Um yeah. but I don't know. I I'm mixed on the intro only because it starts off on that note but then turns into an actual persona game an hour later. So I don't I don't really because the thing with that too is like the whole interrogation framing of the plot. Yeah. Um just it comes off really clunky to me. Um because and I guess we're just gonna jump in right into it here, but yeah, um the interrogation stuff comes up every time you make a social link, right? Correct. Um and I don't know, it just feels like a like every time it came up, it's like, okay, she's gonna say something about this party member and how they relate to what we do later on. And that's I get it. And like every time it comes up now, I basically get an I I know what she's going to say every time. So it doesn't really feel like there's a need there needs to it doesn't need to be there. Um and you also like I don't know. Like you if she's telling you stuff that you could probably already infer based on how they enter the plot. And I just, it feels clunky and it feels unnecessary. I get why it's there. Um, and unless there's like a huge payoff towards the end of the game, I don't, I don't understand this presence right now. So that's kind of what I, 
kind of where I fall on that one. The, the prologue and the frame narrative both are things in this game that it's like a thing we're going to be talking about throughout this whole show, which is like very cool ideas that they handle kind of awkwardly because mm. the intro where you're playing in the casino heist and then you jump out of the, the chandelier window or the cathedral window and then you right. get caught by the police is definitely a direct response to people getting mad at the beginning. Of Persona yeah. 4. yeah. It's like two hours of just talking right, and not even controlling your character. Sure. So they're but, like, yeah, yeah it's that. But it yeah. feels also too reactionary for me where it's like, okay, they place this thing at the front of it, but then you still get the slow burn of like the gradual buildup into like building your team and, you know, figuring out what the dungeons are going to be that comes with a persona game. So it feels weirdly tacked on in a way for me. I don't know. It does. And then, so then the main problem with the, frame narrative the the investigator talking to you is a it feels really repetitive to just be like okay here goes the clock's gonna jump forward right we're gonna get the same exact shot of joker like hand clutched on head and then she's gonna say the worst the worst dialogue because (laughs) this game was translated directly from japanese and in a lot of ways doesn't feel localized like i know obviously there was localization like there's a reason it came out in japan like a year ago but those lines from the investigator feel like someone is reading a Google Translate script. Right. Uh, yeah. It's her especially. Like, I, I think other characters is, yeah. throughout have that problem, but her especially, it's like, you tell me that this person came to you with this question. Why do you think that is? And it's like, right. no one talks like that. Why? This is so or awkward. Y- you need to have some representative on, like, social media. Who was it? And it's like, okay, like, I get it. I Obviously, the dude who created the website is going to be be the PR guy. I already infer that. I already know what's happening. You don't need to tell me again. Yeah. That stuff is a little bit annoying. I, I do briefly, though, like, let's talk about our history with the Persona series. I know sure. you, like, before I met you formally, uh, were, like, a big Persona 3 person. And then we both right. kind of enjoyed Persona 4 in different ways. But, yeah. Right. Um. I got into Persona as I imagine a lot of our circle of friends got into it, which was the Persona 4 Endurance Run on Giant Bomb. Right. Um, uh, and so I was introduced to the series that way. And then after, like a few years after that, I played Persona 3. This was probably in high school at this point. Um, and this was before I really knew how to read games as a text. Um, so I haven't really gone back to see how Persona 3 holds up, but I really liked it at the time. Um, and then I played 4 after that because I, there was a void that I needed to fill after I finished Persona 3. So I played Persona 4. Um, and then obviously 5, there's a huge gap between 4 and 5. And between those, you I have done like a lot of reading of criticisms of persona 4 specifically uh especially with how it deals with queerness and stuff like that um and then persona 3 uh it's themes of like suicide um and depression and stuff like that um but i haven't really gone back to play those games too much in depth uh it's mostly just secondhand uh criticisms and videos and stuff like that um so i can't speak to how those games hold up well but those games do have a place in my heart because I do like a lot of those characters. Um, so yeah, 
in high school persona was is a thing that I liked a lot. Um, didn't really identify too much with it the further away it got because of its problems. And then now yeah, with yeah. five, um, now we're back on that persona bullshit. <laughs> this point, we're on this hell train again. Uh, so that's kind of my my persona spiel. <clears throat> yeah, and real briefly, um, my my experience was similar. I obviously I did obviously as well get into the giant bomb persona four endurance run, and that led to me reading about Persona three because I find the way that Persona three like the way they translated a full PS two game to a mm-hmm. PSP game that some people argue is way better because right. you can play as the girl, and that is really interesting. Because a lot of people have that opinion. I played Persona 3 on PS2. I played a little bit of the handheld, but not a lot. And it's really hard for me to see it as subtle dialogue changes. Again, I haven't played it a lot. So there's probably a lot that changes the right. further you get in. But even like stuff, sometimes like, I don't know if it's a bug or something, but in certain scenes, they don't change the pronouns when you're playing as a girl. Oh, weird. Um, so there's that weird unpolished angle of it. Um, but I assume like the social link stuff is a lot different. Um, probably a lot better. I assume. I mean, there are, there are aspects of persona five where I wish I was able to play as a woman and we can talk about that later, but yeah, I don't know. It's For weird. Sure. Have It's weird. Everybody on Twitter being like persona three portable is the best because female protagonist and me, having the trash boy experience so well it's it's not only the fact that you can play as a girl and the characters like in a lot of in a couple ways treat you differently in three but they like took out the walking around the town and replaced it with like a mouse cursor right which the reason i bring that up is persona 5 when i first got access to like being able to explore the city and stuff I was like, oh, I have to like I get really anxious when I have to like learn a new space that I'm going to be living in in a video game. Yeah, it's like I need to remember in my head, keep a mental tab of like where all the merchants are and where all the right social links are. And then I was so worried about that. And I'm like, all right, well, there's only three areas. I'm going to figure it out. And I just hit R1 and the game is like, dog, you can just literally go anywhere with the tap of a button. There's no penalty for that. You can just do that. It is totally the mouse thing translated to this game. Right. you still have the option to walk around because it's a big budget AAA thing, but like I don't, I never walk in this game. I don't need to because none of the like crowd gossip is interesting after a certain point. Um, and yeah. I just like know where I want to spend my social link time pretty well. Uh, it took me a while to get to that point, but yeah. Um, so so how did it. yeah yeah? So how did you feel about the way the game introduces the its world to you? Um, because it does a good job of establishing the school. It does a good job of establishing the back streets, but they don't really show you the city at all. Uh, right, you have one street on the city, basically. Right. Well, you have like the underground. You have the main central stuff. Um, you have the subway system. Yep. Um, and I found it super weird that you can go to the city, but they don't really show you around first before you can do that. That felt it's really weird to me. Overwhelming for sure. Um, yeah, it's not, but it's not as big as you would think it is. Well, right. The realization that I had is not only can you quick travel anywhere, but even if you could, it's still what like 
the main Shibuya is like one or two streets that you walk straight down. It's really dense. And they had to like cram the velvet room into an alleyway because they had no more space. But like, again, it doesn't feel that large scale. And I think right. as and we get further into this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, it's intentional partly because of, of limitations and partly because like it helps you feel familiar with like, I know this street, like the back of my hand. Of course I do. Um, I know how to get to the beef bowl shop from the gun store. Yeah. But, we're also talking about, we're talking about a game that's about oppression and we're talking about uh, living in spaces that feel, or like this feeling of being claustrophobic um, and the stuff like the back streets and like getting around places, going down extremely narrow streets, you know, going in the back alleyways to get to the gun shop, stuff like that feels very intentional in the mood that they're trying to convey. It it honestly, and I know a lot of people said this about four when it came out, where they were like, it feels, or especially like even the Yakuza series does a similar thing, where it's like it felt like I was living in Japan for a while. Um, I think this game does an actually a pretty decent job of simulating what it's like to move to a new like corner of a city and just being like, all right, I know this street, I know everything that's here, I know how to get to the laundromat and the bathhouse and the cafe, and I'm just kind of kind of from there figure it out. Like I'm gonna walk around and learn, right. Uh, but it doesn't take you that long to learn that stuff. And um, the other smart thing is like, yes, the prologue uh, shows you what combat and and all that stuff is going to look like. But they proceed to spend the next like, honestly, I would say the whole first dungeon, which is what we're focusing on today, or at least the whole first dungeon arc is tutorial. There is like very little yeah. actual yeah. there's like false freedom where they're like you hit a certain point in the dungeon, like a halfway point and they go, all right, you can go out now. Right. It's like, okay, I, I'm going to hang out with Ryuji, and that's it. And maybe the doctor one time. Right. Uh, and those are my only, like, because you can actually, a cool thing about this one is since it's a PS4 game and they have internet connection, you can hit the touchpad whenever you have a choice and see what other people did. Uh, Persona 4 Golden has that as well. That's Golden has that, right? Yeah. For the design of that as well, yeah. Right. Uh, but early on, it was it like... Was yeah, also, but it was also, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. It was also less... Less refined than is presented here. Golden is like speech bubbles telling you what people did. I don't think it showed a percentage, but this one does. Anyway, sorry. The percentage is important because when you take tests, you can cheat and just see what everyone chose, which is really right. good. Um, uh, but yeah, what was I saying? You have all of these choices and, and that stuff is, is pretty interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But so the first dungeon starts and you're like introduced to the the, the school and uh, Kamoshida, who is the corrupt, awful nightmare gym teacher, uh, yeah. coach of the volleyball team, sexual harasser, actual sexual predator, um, uh, beats up abuser. students, you know, yep. abuses, you know, leaves leaves players with injuries and stuff like that. And you're dealing with learning about that stuff while. Uh, realizing that like everyone hates you I really enjoy a JRPG where like everyone starts by hating you and you have to like make them learn to love you because mm. a lot of the game like you said in addition to being about repression is about like earn like earning the respect that you, you can get in the world and like finding your way finding your corner where people like you and respect what you do because right. you know once they once Mishima makes you the website they have that like adorable little tracker in the bottom right of the loading I screen. I love that so much. It's so good. Internet comments just flooding <laughs> in like, lol, get off of here, noobs. Yeah. Just 
like whether or not people believe in the phantom thieves which is your the quickly formed group of people that can go into the minds of terrible people and steal their hearts right uh, which is Good. so cool stylistically the idea that like these are young people who when presented with the ability to do this thing immediately jump to the opportunity and they're like yes yes we're gonna do it we're gonna steal this guy's heart and we're gonna fix the world it's like right. it's like this whole climbing yourself up pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps like you know you have the main character joker the player character um who i named alan ibrahim because i'm uninteresting and i love it when people call him ibrahim coon um <laughs> i think the honorifics are very good uh what did you name your character I named my name Ryan Prasad, but it has an E at the end of it. So, Prasad Kuhn. Also worth noting that the protagonist is in this situation because he tried to stop a rape from happening, basically. Yeah. Um, so that's a thing. It's so... That, for no reason. That and the like, what happened at the casino are the yes. two mysteries that I do actually really want answered. Um but I try to forget yeah, about it because it's going to be like 200 hours. It's going to come back in a big way. He's probably a dungeon by the end of the game. The criminal, that guy? Yeah. Oh, probably. That's a good point. That's probably a good guess. Yeah. Um, and I, I we're definitely going to like play the casino again, you know, with like right. the seven. Because the final oh, thing. Oh, what if that's the big heist at the end? That's the final heist is the one where you get caught. Maybe not the final one, but it's one of the final ones. No, that'd be a good dungeon. It really would. Oh my god, like a whole dungeon of that? Absolutely. Yeah. That was so funny to me because it was like seven different people talking in your ear, like, go get him, Joker. And I'm like, who are any of you? <laughs> who are these like five oh, women and a cat sorry. yelling at me? When you said casino, I thought you were talking about the thing that happens uh, in the hotel that they celebrate at where you see that guy again. Wait, is it that guy? He makes a point of being like, oh, I heard that guy before, and it cuts back to the the opening cutscene with him. Uh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. The guy that you run into in the hotel in the elevator, is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Yep. That guy is the guy that got you in jail? I thought that was the implication because your protagonist Whoa, that's says, wild! That, that voice sounds familiar. It pro- it's probably this guy, and I assume he's talking about the guy uh, that he, you know, that got him in jail, basically. Um, so I assume that's where they're going with that, and that's how they're connecting all of these different people together. Eventually, is that he shows back up and is a big deal, maybe towards the middle or the end of the game. I don't know. Uh, probably. Um, yeah. So, so what I thought the, the implication comment- was. I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> no, it's good. Predictions are good. That's like the thing that people will like who've played way more of this game than we have will enjoy. Be like, oh, you're fun. fucking wrong, you dumbass. Yeah. Yeah. We're the internet at least i'm like not on social media at all right now so it's been easy mm. to not see any spoilers for this game yet yeah people have been pretty good or at least the people i've been following have been pretty good at only posting like funny you know voice lines or whatever so morgana clips like what it was like what's what do you think we're uh, we're gonna have to talk about morgana by the way but it was like, <laughs> morgana's gender is a boy a girl or definitely God, holy fuck yeah it's a car i wrote i picked definitely a car definitely a car Oh my god, the whole Morgana thing is really weird. I'm doing the hand motion right now that Joker does whenever they cut to the interrogation. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> no, I'm about Morgana. If um, Morgana is trans, I'm not I don't know if I'm I don't know what I'm going to do. 
I want to like Morgana more. I'm so bummed that I kind of hate Morgana. Morgana is just Teddy, except he's with you forever. Teddy was just like a super perv, right? Yeah. It's been like 10 years. He also served the same function as like, I know the dungeons because I'm from the dungeons. Uh, So Teddy was sort of a way in. Um and he eventually lived with you in the real world, which right, they right, do right. that with Morgana through the fact that he's a cat. Um, so there's a lot of similarities there that it's hard to overlook. But Teddy doesn't turn into a fucking van, so... <laughs> Teddy turns into a shitty boy, um, and then Morgana is like, I'm a human, definitely. I'm not going to blow that your mind later at, at some point in the game. I am a human right. that was turned into a cat. <laughs> like no, It's no secret about it. But... Right. Also, when you get to Mementos, which we're jumping ahead a little bit, but like it's the thing, it's basically the in between arc. Um, yeah, if this was the an anime. sort of side quest thing. When it feels get... like per- Persona 3 is Tartarus in a way. Absolutely. It's 100% Tartarus. Um, except, I don't know. Uh, the, I liked Mementos. I just liked the idea that I don't have to stop doing combat when the dungeon is closed because yep. Morgana makes a point to tell you when you. Uh, give the send out the calling card to Kamoshida's dungeon of like, hey, once you beat this guy, you will never get to go back to this castle. You will not get to right. level up anymore. And I was like, right, getting nervous because I was like, oh man, did I get all of the persona that are in there? Am I never going to get those again? Like, do I care? Uh, what did I need that I didn't get? Um, but anyways, yeah. So we'll, we'll mementos is an interesting idea that they kind of like play with briefly and then send you into the second dungeon, but um. Kamoshida, he's right. the gym teacher. You start off by like breaking out of prison. Um, it's such a long dungeon. I think that was my problem with this arc was that like the tension is we the time limit. You know, you have like X number of days before right. you are expelled or whatever. That's that's mm-hmm. the time limit, right? Is like he will yes. expel you on this day. Yeah. Yes. The time limit serves to make you play the dungeon faster, and this game has this interesting loop where like. Technically, if you were like playing a perfect playthrough of Persona 5, you would do the whole dungeon in one run and then have the rest of the weeks to do social link fun. Yes. But you shouldn't do that, technically, because um, A, it's going to get really hard, and B, the way that they, they gate you is SP. Because yep. you, you, you get healing abilities, and, and healing you don't get very many healing items, but you get healing abilities like minute one. Uh but they cost SP and nothing recovers your SP until uh, pretty much like you don't have reliable SP recovery until after the first dungeon when you start well, getting coffee. Uh, um, you got, well, see, I don't know if this is because I'm playing on the easiest difficulty or not because I got some like somas and stuff throughout the first, like towards oh, the end shit. of the first dungeon. Um, I did not. And I could have sworn you got one like before the boss battle, like when you go to find the location of the treasure before they force you out of it the first time. So could have sworn. I don't know. There's but DLC I did, I, also, by the way. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so that might but be what that you also might be free. So I might have just downloaded that. So I don't know. <laughs> well, right. There's like the someone on like the internet was saying like save that soma that you get from the free DLC for launch day, and it's like well no, they they're getting you for a reason because you should leave. Right. Go. I'm out of SP. Go back. 
level some stuff up, then fuse, then go back to the dungeon and level more. Mm-hmm. But if you just like also, blazed right through it, then you would you would come out of it like with low level personas and and just very difficult and no not a good time. Maybe. Um, but also because I'm playing it on the easiest difficulty, yep. I had no problem blasting right through it. Blasting right through the dungeon. I didn't do it in all in one go. Um but I rarely found myself in situations where I was like, oh, I need higher level personas. Like I never was in that position where, you know, I was I felt that I needed to level up. So that wasn't really a huge problem. I did have instances where uh an enemy got to me first and yeah. I was um so basically I was in a situation where there were four sucky bests and they all spammed their confusion spell. So yep. all my party members were confused. Um, and I imagine if I played it on a harder difficulty, I would have just died instantly. But uh, I did not. It was still tough, and I still lo- lost a lot of HP, but I was able to get out of it. Um, and that's sort of like the most sort of intense in- enemy encounters I've had was when that happened. But other than that, the boss battles have been pretty easy. Regular combat has been pretty easy. And I'm glad that I chose to play it like this because I don't like getting stuck in these games. I don't like getting challenged in these games. I just want basically a darker and flashier version of Pokemon. Yep, yep. It's the level of of commitment that I'm looking for out of the gameplay. So I got that, and I'm pretty happy with it. I'm still playing on normal, but I, I do definitely frequently consider switching it down to easy because like I enjoy normal because it, what it does is it makes every single fight feel like you have to bring your a game. Like there's no uh, right. just thumbing. Like there is an auto attack button, but I've never the used auto it. attack is very bad. Let me clarify on, on the easiest difficulty. The auto attack is also very bad and you will lose HP very fast if you do that. So don't do that. It's useless. It's totally useless. I think it's like if you're doing mementos and you're way over level, that's like the only reason that it would make sense. Because mementos yeah. is like objectively easier than the dungeons. Um, like much easier. Yeah. Uh, here's my problem with normal mode, just real briefly. We don't have to talk about like, the gameplay forever. Because um, I definitely want to get into like thematic stuff. But um, mm-hmm. normal mode has constantly discouraged me from trying and like pushing further than I know my party is capable of. Because uh-huh. I've, I've hit like multiple situations in Kamashita's dungeon where I was like, oh, I'm doing fine. Like, oh, there's a chest over there. I'll get that. I'll sneak past this enemy and then I'll fight this one. Oh, that one was kind of hard. And then like, you should play this game by taking your time to learn an enemy's weakness, exploiting it, and then learning from that. And then being right. like, all right, now I can capture it. Now I can fight it without difficulty. Once you learn its weakness, it's no longer a challenge to you. It shouldn't be a challenge to you. Yeah. But the process of getting there involves hitting them and praying that you won't get crit. And then when you yep. do, you die. Like, there are the knights towards the end of Kamashita's dungeon that can, like, do the double attack. That's an yeah. absolute one-hit kill to any of my party members. Um, if, it, if both of those connect. So if they t- just happen to target Joker, I just absolutely die. And it's not my fault. And I lose a ton of progress. And that's the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah, that sucks. You're like, I just wanted to learn what is weak. Once I know it, that won't happen again. But I can't learn it unless I either Google it, which I don't want to do, or I get lucky, which is really frustrating. Yep. Um, the Towards the end of the first dungeon, there is that part where you have to like, climb the invisible stairs and then get the two eyeballs to put in the statue. Yep. And that stuff is more randomly generated than you think because 
the first time I did it, one of the eyeballs was like on the opposite side of the floor past like six enemies. Mm-hmm. And I tried running past them, got ambushed, got one shotted, and then had, I lost all my whole day's progress. The second time I did it, I loaded it up, refreshed another day. It was the enemy right next to me. It's huh. <laughs> like, Weird. this sucks. This is so frustrating because I don't feel like I'm getting better. I feel like I'm b- getting lucky. Yeah. And those are the Persona experiences that I'm glad I'm able to sort of sidestep. Yeah. Absolutely. Because um, I also just want to play it. Like, like, if I see a new Persona, I'm like, ooh, I want to learn its weakness. And I love like the negotiation stuff. I think that stuff is yeah, brilliant. I, what, yeah. What do you, how do you feel about that stuff? So, uh, I like I said, I, I played. Uh, I didn't play Persona Four or Three, but I did actually play the Shin Megami Tensei Demo, Devil Survivor series on the right. DS. Okay. Um, and that game is all just like the combat of Persona with the negotiation stuff. So I like expected that. Um, but I know I don't think Four had that. I know, and I'm not sure which of the other Persona games had that mechanic. I know that's like a Megami Tensei thing, but not a Persona. Yeah. Thing. Um, I believe the first two had it, which I haven't played. Um, yeah. First two games had it, I believe, uh, but then they dropped it when they changed uh, the structure of it for three and four, and then they sort of brought it back here. It's all because it's like empathy. It's just an empathy mechanic. It's like you have to learn what this thing, this character likes and dislikes, and appeal to that, and just do it long enough that they'll work with you. Uh, right. And as like mechanic as metaphor, I think that's really smart and really works mm-hmm. because like. You know, you hit the end of Kamashita's dungeon and they realize if we just take this guy out, if we take out his persona or whatever, he's going to go catatonic. Like, we're going to essentially kill a man. Um, a terrible man, but they have that moral question of like, is it worth it? And, yeah. you know, that amazing moment where you finally get there and you take the treasure and do all that stuff. And then on, who has joined your party at this point, uh, one of his victims, she joins your group and has the option herself to kill him and she doesn't. She shoots past him and it's like, no, I'm going to give him the chance to fess up. And then, you know, you finally finish the dungeon, you get the treasure. There's so much pomp and circumstance around like sending out the calling card, wait a couple mm-hmm. days, uh, you know, go into the dungeon, fight the guy. Then there's like 20 minutes of cutscene, Right. And all of that pays off to a really rewarding moment where Kamashita is in the gym uh, ironically, I guess, and he confesses to his crimes and says, "Like, well, he says, like, I'm gonna kill myself." Yeah, and then someone's like, "No, don't." don't. On says, "Like, don't do that. You have to just like turn yourself in." And he goes, "All right, I'm gonna turn myself in. I'm going to prison. Bye." <laughs> you did it. Oh, the group, the, everything worked yeah. out perfectly. So, hmm. all right. Before we jump into story stuff and thematic stuff. I'm gonna ask you, what do you think of the dungeons in this game? The du- the dungeons, like okay, specifically the fact that for the first half of the dungeon or so of this first dungeon, it's very bland or what you expect from a Persona game, and then it's sort of by the end of it, have weird visual stuff, um, and then we also saw the beginning of the second dungeon as well. Uh, and I felt like there's a scope to these dungeons that I really appreciate, which they don't really do in three or four. That I kind of like, they change it up a lot. Um, and you, there's some really good, um, sort of set piece moments or like the scale of it increases in ways you don't really expect. 
Uh, so I just wanted to call that out because I do like that stuff. I I love like big complicated level design and I agree. The beginning of the Kamashita dungeon is just like walking down hallways. It totally felt like when I was watching Persona 4, just like, oh, we're going to run down, find an enemy, sneak around it, hit it and go forward. Right. Uh, but then they incorporate the stealth mechanic more where you can like get behind cover and do the ambushes. Yep. And then it opens up into the full castle and you're doing like light platforming and, you know, jumping behind stuff and like finding all the secret items and using the detective vision or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's not called detective vision. Um, might as well be exactly it's just that i do do like spamming the left trigger trigger and hearing him be like i see it i I feel it (laughs) (laughs) somebody should take those audio clips and do something fun with that just i see it i feel it um yeah that stuff totally felt like i was playing like an old um adventure game or something where i was like i have very specific memories of the different spaces in that castle because it expands and get they get so like memorable and weird and iconic um Like, I specifically remember there's one part where you're on, like, the ramparts outside of the castle, and there's, like, six enemies in front of you, and you can engage all of them, but you also can just take a ladder and skip the whole fight. Yeah. Uh, Which I didn't do. Like, I took them out one by one because I was like, I want to get the XP, but then I found the ladder, and I had that, like, weirdly, I had a Dishonored moment where I was like, whoa, I could have done this? Like, that's pretty cool. Um. Mm -hmm. That is the stuff that is going to keep me playing this game. Because if all of it was like the beginning of the dungeon where you're just running, I would get so bored. Right. Uh, But what I've heard is not only are all of the dungeons creative like that, not all of them are even stealth focused. Like some of them are completely different gameplay styles, Mm -hmm. which is way cooler than what it is now. Because really all you need to do is have an excuse for there to be fights, treasure chests, and then a boss. Right. Everything else is completely very Like nothing else is set in stone about the dungeons. Right. Um, yeah. I'm interested in seeing how they change it up. Uh, yeah, because there was definitely some fun dungeons in Persona 4, but not in the way you play it, more aesthetic wise. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, yeah, I'm interested in seeing what they do with that. Um, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of character stuff and stuff and themes that I want to uh, get into, like specific. So, like, okay, what's your favorite confidant so far, basically? Um,. I don't know. <laughs> well, we don't even have that many. We have uh, Ryuji. I have talked to... Uh, let me pull up the character name so I don't fuck up. Uh, yeah, so Ryuji. Yep. Morgana is obviously required. Yep. Um, Igor. Oh, they changed his voice! Yeah. How do you feel about new Igor? I like the whole prison island a lot. That's cool. And I like the two girls. I've heard that you fight them at some point in like a bonus dungeon. That's not really a spoiler. Um, okay. Persona, every Persona game does that where you like fight Elizabeth or whatever. Right. Um, I like And I like the fusing mechanic, but new Igor's voice is terrible. It doesn't feel like it. Uh, so the thing with that is the Japanese voice actor for Igor passed away. So they had to replace him. Oh. did not think they would replace him in the US version and I would would have preferred if they didn't just to make that shift a little a little more jarring if it was just all this dark shit and then like high pitched voice Igor because um, even if you haven't heard that Igor it still feels like that voice doesn't belong to that body maybe yeah um, I'm curious though if someone's playing this as their first persona uh, like, what does that Igor native voice sound natural? Because it doesn't to me. Right. Um, 
but yeah, Igor is a is a confidant. You got Ryuji, you got Morgana on, which you don't unlock until you're completely done with the first dungeon, and then even then, you can't touch it because the thing with the social aspect of this game is you have a bunch of stats like kindness, guts, knowledge, uh, pr- uh, ability. Those suck. Those are like the bane of this game for me. Mm-hmm. To gate my ability to just talk to a person who's standing right in front of me is like you're just you're gamifying like social lives, which is I know that's like what Wait, this game that is. is the persona. Yeah, that is that's persona, that's persona. But also, I don't know. I mean, they're not super hard to get once you figured out how to do it. But it's still annoying. It's still annoying that I was able to study with Anne, but I can't hang out with her. Um, you were able to study with her. Toward yeah, towards finals, final she, finals, like, yeah. hit me up and we hung out and studied. But that's the light. Yeah, I don't know. But it's also hidden under like shades of sexism, where it's like you hang out with her, and then Morgana's like, "Oh, you're so lucky to be able to hang out with Princess Anne and study with her." And I'm like, "Fuck off!" Oh, I just want to be game. friends. God damn it! <laughs> All of the confidants with the with women that are in your party uh, turn into romances. Of course they do, because this is a persona game. Yeah, there are no you can't like I don't think you someone correct can correct us on this, but like I don't think you can have a friendship with a woman in this game. That is fucking horseshit! Holy it's, crap! It's, it's ridiculous because even the doctor, who like st- secretly one of the coolest characters of the early game, this like punk rock uh, uh, pharmacist doctor, gives you drugs, and then you're like taking doing like illegal trials with her, and she gives you like oxycodone. Um, and then you're like, all right, let's get into this. And then, then like, rank two is like, I need way more guts and willpower to talk to her because I need to take drugs. Right. It's like, oh, come on. I just want to talk to the doctor. Yeah, I just want to know what the deal with the doctor is. Because that leaves you with the only thing I, the only social links I now spend time with are Ryuji, who never levels Ryuji. up because I already got him to three. And then the uncle. Um, right. The who, uncle social link, I don't mind as much. Yeah, I, I've heard that one gets not great when he starts like talking about his past and the women that he's been with and stuff. Oh, come on. Yeah. Well, he's, like, so, uh, why? Every corner of this every corner of this game's narrative and story and characters that I like, I end up finding like I look up a little bit of it online and people are like, it gets bad. Mm-hmm. Which is bad. Like we'll talk about um uh Yusuke mostly next time on next podcast, but he's introduced. Right. And I've already heard that there's a ton of queer baiting with that character. Um, mm. He's fucking hot. He's like a gorgeous boy. And then apparently there's a ton of like, is he gay? Is he not gay? And I'm like, come huh. on, Persona, just once. Let someone be gay and not make it so, a thing. So yeah, that is my assumption with anything Persona going forward is that the way it's going to approach all the social stuff is going to be a direct contradiction to the themes, the broader yep. themes that they're going for. And you see that immediately with how they treat Anne. The fact that this game spends so much time focusing on Anne and uh, I forgot what her friend's name is, but those two and yep. the fact that Kamoshida wants to go with Anne and Anne is like this victim. And then the moment she's able to get her revenge basically on Kamoshida for what he does for like driving her friend to fucking suicide. This like moment of empowerment is undercut by the fact that Ryuji's just like, no, you're not supposed to be here. Get out. 
get out of here. Like almost literally throws her out of the dungeon and then they're like, and literally where are you touching when, me? Literally when they kick her out, the screen cuts to black and they go, why are you touching me? Or where, like oh watch God. where you touch me or whatever. It's like, fucking come on, Persona. Have some sort of self-awareness. Holy shit. If you want me to like all your characters, stop making them treat each other like shit. That's kind of my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because Morgana also is like, when you get introduced to the second dungeon, which is um, a museum led by a corrupt art uh, artist, I guess. A lot of corrupt Uh, teachers in this game. I feel like the writer of this game had some bad experiences with some teachers. For sure. Well, because it's sort of like, it's like some Jimmy Neutron shit where they're just like, all adults are bad. Uh, right. So that's one of the themes of the game. But it's really just like people who run uh, oppressive systems are bad. That's like what they're trying to get at. Um, and people mm-hmm. who have the power to be oppress- oppressive and use it to be bad. Right. Um, deserve punishment. <clears throat> uh, but you're, but so you're introduced to that stuff and it's sort of like, oh, uh, Yusuke, who is the artist's uh, protege, wants to model on, like wants to like do our drawings of her or whatever and it's all like morgana being like no you can't do that i Ugh. like her you can't look at her Ugh. that's the stuff where i'm just like fuck off morgana you're the wor- you're so gross yeah. you're also sad you're like a perv but also a sad boy and i can't take both of those characters in one person right one yeah uh it makes me feel weird riding around in your cat bus self <laughs> your, your, <laughs> my neighbor totoro looking ass um god yeah, I, I, I want to learn to... Basically, one of my, like, my biggest problems is I want to learn to like Morgana a little bit or just have some respect for him, but... Right. Oh. I like I like Ryuji. A, I like him because he is well-rounded and he is shitty in the ways that I know how pe- other people are shitty. Yeah. And he has the problems that real people have. He's much less of a cartoon character than Yosuke is. Um... Yosuke from Persona 4, that is. Uh, So I like him in that respect. I think he's more of a a developed character. It doesn't negate the fact that Persona is still going to be Persona. Um, But I I like these characters fine. I don't know. I I like these cast of characters so far, despite everything. Despite the fact that Anne fucking wears a leather cat suit. Also, when she's knocked down in battle, her butt points upwards. But that's God. This game's very horny. Um, yeah, it's always been, and it's, I knew yeah. it was going to have these problems. I just didn't expect a game that is basically just like anti-capitalist to also be like we're still shitty and horny and hey, queer people. Like you can't have both. <laughs> you can't fuck the system adults are bad oppression is bad but also check out this but girl's also, butt why is that guy but gay? Also, that weird? we're gonna we're gonna make it so this woman is going to have revenge against her abuser while also objectifying her uh for our audience not because she wants to because oh she's just magically put in a leather suit and she has to stay with it uh or the cat is constantly hitting on her for no reason, or the boys pushed her out of the dungeon and grabbed inappropriate parts while they were kicking her out. 
Like all of that stuff is so stupid and gets in the way of what could be amazing characters and an amazing story. But God damn it. I knew this was going to happen. I knew I would get mad about this, but God damn it. Just stop. Just stop. Stop for two seconds. Persona. Stop it. And so here's a, here's a cool thing about the way that we're doing this podcast is, you know, we're going to be coming back to this very long story. As yeah, we're just on. done with the first dungeon, and we've already had a very lengthy podcast. Yeah, well, what I, what I, it's that, which is great. And also, um, like, these characters are going to develop, and then we're also going to get, like, there's, like, three more women that join the party, if I'm not mistaken. Like the, I the, cannot wait. I can't wait. The the cast certainly gets more diverse, and we get more people. Um, I'm sure we're going to run into more shit that makes us very angry. But, yes. um it's like I've seen I've seen the gay stereotypes in this game, and I can confirm that they're very bad. Yeah, of course. Um, but but it's like we've played so much. I I think my my game clocked at like nineteen hours or something already. Oh wow, yeah, mine is at twelve. Yeah, so well, I guess because you just you didn't have to go back to town that much. Uh, well, I'm playing it on beginner, so right, right. yeah. Um, yeah. and you haven't wiped at all so your clock just keeps yeah i know what you mean yeah um but, like it feels like because you know what it feels like is it feels like i've watched one season of a 10 season anime where i'm right. just like a lot has happened but like really in the grand scheme of things not a lot has happened because they even say when you start uh the second dungeon like oh this is our first real job like you haven't even done the real job yet you were just taking care of a dim teacher in a high school um right so the scale immediately zooms out in a big way. Like I really like the way yeah. they introduced the second dungeon because of that. Um, mm-hmm. Where they're like, uh, you. So what happened with me was, I finished sending out the calling card several days early. Then I had to spend several more days waiting for like, like I beat the boss, and then several more days for confession to happen. Right. And then I had a couple more days where it was like introducing mementos and all that stuff. And I beat mementos, by the way. Um, I was telling you this morning that when I was trying to catch up to where we are going for the podcast, uh, you get one quest to go there and then you get another one that's optional. And right. I did the optional one. And then um, it was like, you have the option to keep exploring. The first time I did that, I wiped because I got a little bit cocky and got destroyed. The second time I did it, I kept getting further and further until I hit the point where the game was like, no, you you cannot go further in this until right. more people believe in the Phantom Thieves. Like they, they were locked from progressing. Yeah. Which is Persona interesting. Three, Persona Three's dungeon did the same thing, basically of gating your progress. Like, up, you're good. Dungeon. You're not gonna. Because I killed, right. I killed like everything. I got all the items. I caught every persona, and it's like, wow, I'm kicking butt in mementos. This is easy. And then the game was like, nope, you have to stop. You have to go home and not come back until something progresses in the main game. And then you get very quickly the introduction of Yusuke and his horrible artist teacher, who I really like that compared to Kamoshida, like you know immediately why Kamoshida is terrible because he's a rapist and he's an, a, a horrible terrible criminal for the x y and z reasons like you know we have proof of all of that um we don't know why the artist is bad yet like we've been in his dungeon and i don't even know what's yeah. his problem yet um well he's basically taking advantage of advantage of young artists by giving them a place to live but then stealing their work it's plagiarism and abuse again, yeah. But like they don't like you only know one victim of him, and that person hasn't even confessed to it yet. Right. So we're still in the early going. But I just like that you don't immediately know why this guy is a villain. You like learn it. Because they even say, like, this guy hasn't done anything wrong yet. Right. Um, 
we're in his dungeon and we haven't seen him do a crime. Like, whereas Kamashita threatened to expel us. And <laughs> right. that was our time limit. That's why we don't even have a time limit on the so, second dungeon yet. Though, so I look at it like this. We saw firsthand what Kamashita was doing because we were students of that school. Right. From outside looking in, Kamashita is a super successful coach and he gets shit done. Um, and he, you know, helps the reputation of the school. Uh, and this dude, this artist guy, we are looking from the outside in and like the performative niceness that goes with being a fucking asshole yeah. who hasn't been caught yet. Uh, so we saw it. We saw that very directly with Kamashita and his motivations and stuff. Um, but sort of like outside looking in uh, is something that I sort of appreciate. Um, and I hope that it kind of sort of continues like that. Yeah. Um, this like, we don't know what's going on. Let's learn what's going on. Let's uncover this dude who looks like a really nice guy. He talks like a really nice guy, but he's got a fucking palace. So we got to see what's wrong with it. So. Right. Exactly. There has to be something wrong. We just need to figure out what it is. Yeah. I, I think that stuff is, is more suited for what their whole goal is, which is like, we're going to find people through our weird internet forum run by uh, Mishima, the other uh, confidant that we don't even need to talk about. Cause I'm like ranked two with him. I don't even like him that much. Mm-hmm. I got one opportunity to hang out with him. He seems fine. Uh, he does your website and it's like, we, we are going to go out looking for bad people as opposed to Kamoshida, which is like, here's a bad person in our lives. Um, right. It feels like the, how, superheroes like it's the second arc of a superhero story where the first one is like here's the bad guy that killed aunt may and uncle ben and then the second arc is like here's a guy that's destroying the city that's sort of like the escalation of zooming out on like what is what does the broader world have in terms of oppression it's not just in our high school it's across japan across the whole continent etc um so yeah i'm really excited to see that stuff and get more party members and and do more interesting stuff with those people for sure. Uh, you said you didn't meet uh speaking of like defeating oppression and and changing the world through like individuals. Uh you didn't meet Bernie Sanders yet? I've not. I've not oh, met this game's equivalent of Bernie Sanders yet. Oh, he's so good. Um Yeah. Basically outside of Station Square there's like an old man standing on a soapbox who's talking about politics and he goes, "Ah, young man, you are interested in politics." And then you have to get a job at the beef bowl shop which I got talking to talk about like capitalist heaven. You can just get jobs in this game and you don't have to go to them. And also the application process is instant. <laughs> right. You just go, I want the job. And then you get a phone call three seconds later where they're like, we need you take you. It's yours. Also, you can come in whenever you want or don't like <laughs> <laughs> I have two jobs. I have a morning job and a night job just so I can do them. Uh, I don't even know what my morning job is. I have to check the calendar to see what it is. Um, but you go to the beef shop and he's like, ah, you handle those customers well. And then he says something along the lines of like, it shouldn't, it's not fair that one man has to handle the burden of all of this hard work that you should have more people working with you. Sort of like, like socialism 101, where it's like, we need to all cooperatively take the burden. And you're like, oh, I right. love this guy. I need this. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's a, he becomes a social link and all that good stuff. I like those side character social links more than I expected to. That was something sure. I didn't, I didn't like expect. Um, because mm-hmm. it's it's sort of like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer like ah oh, this side character who you didn't think was important is actually has like a ton going on for better or for worse 
uh, some yeah. of them get really problematic and then some of them are very interesting when you learn about them. Yeah. Ah, oh, Persona 5, God. Persona 5, it's a, it's a game that we're playing and it has its problems, but somehow we're still playing it because there's there's just something about it. There's something about it. It's just there's a little bit of magic in there. There's a it's just like JRPG magic. Like I love I want to love these characters, and there's sometimes when I do like when they're all sitting at the, um, like buffet, the ritzy buffet, and they don't feel like they belong because they're kids and they're poor, uh, or they're you know lower income or whatever, and all of the old people are like, oh, get this riffraff out of here, and you're just ordering like cake by the pound. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's also the moment where you get to name your team. All right, what did you name your team? Okay, right. As you know, I'm like Basic Boy 101, uh, and I'm also a Power Rangers fan, so I did name my group the Love Rangers. Nice. <laughs> not very, not creative, not clever, but I wanted to get across the whole like steal your heart mixed with this is a group of heroes. Right. Um, well, you named yours. What did you name yours, Ryan? I named mine Socialists, which is so good because they're because then they immediately go, yeah, socialists sounds good. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what we're doing here. Maybe. Uh, it fits. It absolutely fits. I want to see more of that. I want to see the game get more political and more like, I think some of its politics, even with the Kamashita stuff felt a little bit basic and like one one mm. like, Oh, this adult is bad and we need to defeat him. And like, look how cartoonishly bad he is. Mm. Uh, if, if anything, I think the game should has a lot of opportunities to show a lot more maturity with how it handles that mm. stuff. Um, with more like gray, morally gray villains, um, maybe. I I just like how much they went for it, um, and they're not. It doesn't always hit, but the fact that you know they took a very real problem in education systems, yep, and applied it to the game, I thought was really cool. Um, again, doesn't always work. Uh, I'm a bit iffy on the suicide stuff because I'm a bit iffy on suicide in general. Right, definitely. Uh, and I think that arc cleans itself up too nicely. The story acknowledges that, though, because people are investigating it. They're like, how, why did he just change his mind all of a sudden? Um, so we'll see where that goes. But yeah, more nuance would maybe be a little more helpful even though i liked for the most part i liked what they did with kamashita that that's a good point though. that stuff where they have people like questioning what's going on feels like the most realistic the game has gotten because if they just like did this stuff where they steal hearts and get save the day and nobody questioned it that'd be really weird right because we're introduced actually in the present in the present of the game to the investigator um she comes to your house or whatever and she's like, I'll get a cup of coffee. And she's like, huh, that boy is interesting. Did you guys hear about what happened in the news? Um, so she exists already. Like she's, she's present in the story. And then there's also cuts be- like during the beginning of the second arc to like mysterious old men being like, there's no way Kamashita could have changed his mind so easily. So like people are already on your ass uh, yeah. from Dungeon 1, which I think is cool. Yep. So, uh, yeah, where where do we want to play up to next for people, uh, Ryan? Um, I think we might have to play it by ear and see how long Dungeon 2 takes us. But 
if not by dungeon two, then definitely by the end of dungeon three. Um, but again, we'll see how long it takes us to beat dungeon two uh, and see how much we have to say about it from there. Right. We'll, we'll definitely check in to see if I'm still playing it on normal. Uh, we will check in and see what our thoughts on this stuff has changed, how it's changed in a dungeon or two. sure. Um, but yeah, lengthwise, I think that's a good, that's a good place to tell people to play through. Um, cause, cause they definitely like don't have to introduce any more fundamental mechanics. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, at least we know how to do a dungeon. We know how to do social link stuff and we have a party. Uh, and we have the ability to buy stuff. So also, you know, most people I know who are playing this game are way ahead of us. So, right, 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 right. So it's not like we're yeah, we're we're it's fine. We're playing it at a leisurely pace. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, what is it like? I think I read somewhere that it's eight dungeons, which is a lot, but um, that's fine. Like that's fine. that's an, it's a JRPG. Yep, that's a Persona game. Persona's even been longer than that before. So um, yeah. Yeah, very very excited to to get into that stuff. So uh, let's. Oh, by the way, the game's music is fucking incredible. Oh my god! It's like it's like he he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna knock out this. I'm gonna just jam in a studio for a while. I'll get back to you guys on the soundtrack. Let me just jam out for a bit." And then he came back with with the music for this game. <laughs> You, you, they've heard some of it, I think, in the beginning. Uh, but it's amazing. Like the, the soundtrack is like half the reason to play the game. It's just so <laughs> in every moment of it, from the epic, like going through uh, story moments to just the walking through dungeons. Music is awesome. When you were telling me earlier, like when you're at night in your house and the yeah. the regular like walking around town music converts to vocals. Yep, that's a really good moment. I like stopped and like stop to just listen to it and i yep. was like god damn i've, I've spent many a day uh, of, the, of the evenings in the game like sitting in the room just waiting for the vocals to kick in because it's so incredible uh and even the comment music which has become a meme by the way like um i'm not on twitter but i am on I, I check out youtube a lot and a lot of people have made like memes of the uh you, you'll never see it coming song mm. which is like the main i think it gets a little obnoxious that it's in every single fight but uh, I it's do not everyone. Game. I mean, the mini bosses and like the bosses have different music. True, true, true. But like all of the all of the fodder enemies are. The, yeah, you'll never see it coming. Which is a great song, but yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I want to buy the soundtrack really badly or just listen to it. It's definitely like a, I want to just listen to this on its own kind of soundtrack. The po- the like stat screen music is really good because if you just bun through it, you'd hear one part of it. But if you stay long enough, you hear like the bass change, oh, <laughs> and man. it's so good. Oh my oh, god! Ugh. A couple of the good music with the UI of this game, which is most of the time just really gorgeous and clean, but other times a little bit obnoxious. Like, um, I think like when you load the game for the first time, every menu option you press through like shifts the camera around the subway station where everyone in the party is hanging out. That's right. a gorgeous thing. Uh, when you buy from the pharmacist drugs and it cuts to like her swinging one leg over the other and then it goes to a silhouette is like a beautiful little bit of UI fanciness. Yeah. The oh, gun so... menu is so good. Which gun menu? Oh, yeah. When you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When, like it pulls up like the picture, the cartoon pictures of the ammo and they just like shoot. Yep. And the guy's like, don't play any pranks with this one. <laughs> it's like, yeah, all yeah, right. Buy and toy. <laughs> buy and so toy yeah. 
I bought a model Uzi from him for on. It's a fire Uzi. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> All right. I guess those are first persona thoughts. Persona thoughts. Persona non grata. Episode one in the can. I think we got it out there. We purged our thoughts so far. At least it's still on our heart. For sure. It's very, very cathartic. Get it? Because get it? Because it steals. Okay. Yep. Uh, Ryan, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Talking Detective, uh, and on this podcast feed also. Fireside uh, friends. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Uh, you cannot. Find, I'm off the grid. So you cannot find me on the internet, but you can listen to my other podcast. In addition to Fireside Friends, my other podcast, it's called uh, Chats, a television podcast, C-H-A-T-Z. Find that where you listen to podcasts. We talk about television shows. It's good. And we also have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash firesidefriends. If you want to give us, give us some donations, uh, we'd really appreciate it. We're at a point where we can pay for the Simplecast hosting costs. Uh, thank you to Brenna and David uh, for helping us out with those. Um, but really like any like additional help uh, would really help us out, especially when it comes to purchasing the stuff that we talk about for the main show. Um, that would really help out, help us out a lot. Um, so yeah, if you like the stuff that we're doing and are able to donate to us, uh, check out our Patreon it would really help us out. Do we have like a nice easy link uh, for people to go to that? Yeah. Patreon.com slash fireside friends. I said it. There you go. You said it already. Yes. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, all right, Ryan, what's our sign off phrase going to be? Fuck. Uh, uh, um, uh, you'll, ne- you'll never uh, see, you'll never <laughs> see the next episode coming. Da, 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 take, take, your, take your time. Something pod pods. Take your time with listening to the pod. Take your heart. Take your time. Listen to a pod and don't fart. It rhymes. <laughs> Get out of here. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye. Take care.